0: Awesome date. March 16th, 2009. Awesome topic. Who pods the podcast? Better watch it, Basil. Or who is it? Cast the awesome cat? Hey, whatever. This is the awesome cast. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, as we podcast from the awesome bunker, or as we know it as the echo chamber.
1: Echo, echo,
0: echo. Due to issues previously, where we were planning on recording in a not a room that has nothing but walls and it's very echoey, we going at someone's house, but on my birthday, actually, all days. But then people had to show up and go, Oh Basil, happy birthday, we're going to pay attention to you. Jerks. And then I was like, oh man, now I have to pay attention to my friends. What the hell?
1: Basil's such a nice guy, isn't he?
0: It's my birthday, we're supposed to podcast, not have fun. But whatever. But it does bring to mention, oddly enough, to coincide with my birthday, the Awesome Cast just turned one. Happy 1st birthday, awesome cast. You're what? still in diapers. It's well, it's true we are compared to some other podcasts we are still in diapers, but we've still lasted a freaking year. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Not dead yet. It's true. And uh, I got to, you know, well I want to give shout-outs to all the awesome team, you know, Eric and Douglas and and Brad. Really, these two guys here, Lee and Kevin.
1: Yay. yay.
0: I'm like, special. Like whenever we go okay, guys. We need to get a podcast. We need to get a podcast now. These two guys are always up for it. Yeah, like no matter what, they're like, "All right, let's do this." The secret is to have no life. Ow, it hurts. Well, of it course. Hurts. Also, there's Mister Inubito, who has you know edited and fixed every single goddamn stupid crap we spat out into this mic.
1: Above and
2: beyond the call of duty. You've listened to We Addicts, right? It's all like that before he gets
0: to it. <laughs> don't, the,
1: li- no one, no, never mention We Addicts. It doesn't exist. Strike it from the
0: archive. <laughs> but, re- but really, Mr. James, you do a wonderful job, and thank you for editing my talk about how wonderful you are. You You're want him to edit awesome. that out? Not really. I mean, he can if he wants to. Edit but. that out, James. No, don't. <laughs> no, leave it in. You need some press. <laughs> but, you know. Because what's well, interesting is that, you know, last year, our second actual podcast was our podcast where we talked about going to MTAC. Well, at the beginning of this upcoming month in April, we're going to MTAC. So it's sort of a whole, you know, sort of circling all, of back, circling all back around, starting all over again.
1: Wait, that was your second podcast?
0: The for second podcast release, if you check the um, actual index of awesome, mm-hmm. it was our second one was at MTAC. Wow. Whoa! I thought
1: there was stuff before that. We recorded
0: previous podcasts, we didn't actually release them until later.
1: Ah, I gotcha.
0: So our second one that was actually released was MTAC, and now we're going to MTAC once more. Well, if they're ready for us. I I think they are, in fact. I mean, we're actually going to a podcast panel. Or at least I am. Hopefully I get the other guys to come in 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 time. Is it on Friday? Yeah, it's on Friday. Mm -hmm. Well, the current rumor is Friday at 7. Now don't hold us to that. They could change it, but that's what I've heard. So I'm hoping. Hopefully, they won't change it. Like Friday at three, because that would suck. Because it means I won't be able to make it, and that'd be kind of lame. But cry. Hopefully, it will be round seven-ish, which would be cool. There's other there's other neat things like you know, they're doing a thirty years of Gundam and like a, a Sojo panel, which I'm hoping to attend. and...
2: Thirty years of Gundam. Like and they're, they're doing
0: another fandom panel, which hopefully will be dumber than last one. The last one was kind of dumb, because it was all like, Wah, 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 D.I.C. messed up Sailor Moon, When, I'm like, come oh, on. That's, that's new. That's old. That's so old <laughs> news. Come on, can't you think of something newer, like, I don't know, even One Piece? Or the fact that they've killed Code Geass on, you know, on the air again? I don't know. Yeah. But we're going to be there to be ranty, complainy, son of bitches, and hopefully you'll be there to listen to us. Oh yeah. Now, if you want to talk to us, ranting and playing son of bitches, then there's several ways you can do that. You can you know, go to our website, awesomecast.com, leave us a comment in one of the comment sections of you know this podcast or any other podcast. You can also check our archives, the index of awesome. We also have various galleries of so where we take pictures of cons we go to. Um, like MTAC last year. You can also send us a voicemail on the Awesome Line. It's area code 2062020071. Or leave us an email, awesomecast at gmail.com. Any one of those ways will work. All of those ways will work. And hopefully you won't hear too much of the raucous kids outside this room. We're actually in a secret underground break room away from our anime club, which is going on right now.
2: And you consist of, like, the majority of the officers.
0: <laughs> Only three out of six.
1: We still have officers in there, at least one.
0: Two. Alright. But, you know, hey, that's cool. Hopefully it won't burn down while we're gone. Well, we're in the same building, so in theory it should still, We uh, we'll... we'll least catch whiffs of the flame devours us all. I like envowers. If it's not a word, it should become one. Well, if you want to keep using the word envowers, be my guest.
1: Another environment. It's time for the world. or wait, Not them, about
0: the world. We're going to switch it up this time. Now we're going to do a moment of awesome. Just it's just... only
2: a moment of Awesome.
0: Yeah, I really hope James makes some music for us now.
1: If not, we can use that.
0: <laughs> no, I really wish James make some music for them this time. Oh, wait,
1: wait. he didn't last time. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He he just left left he's,
0: he's left the whole thing of us doing, what we were doing, he's no. left it all in. Yes,
2: I actually listened to the last one. That was uh, amusing. So hopefully he actually does it this time, we hope. Come on, James, make up some music. Stop oh, letting me embarrass myself on the international I, I internet. Have, I have a suggestion.
1: <makes noise> God <laughs> damn it! All right, but you're going first. Okay, my moment of awesome is a little game called it's a, it was a freeware, independent some guy, some Japanese guy put together a game. Well, I don't know the details, but it's called Cave Story. I don't know if you've heard Ooh, of cave it. Cave Story. Cave Story is friggin' awesome. I played it a couple years ago. You're this robot in what seems to be an underground cave labyrinth. And you've lost your memories, and it is just j- Japanese wacky. And it's a shoot 'em up like Mega Man where you get different guns and stuff. And it comes, I, I highly recommend it. I've already beaten it once, but then I learned that I screwed it a lot of things up that I could have done better. And that a character died that I could have saved. Hope that's now. Not- this is on PC, right? Yes, this is a PC game. It's freeware, and it's gonna be a little bit tricky. Well, it's not that tricky. Just, you know, Google. Cave Story, and you should be able to find both the original story and an English language patch. We may have links for you. I, don't, I can't guarantee that, but when we put this up... I can look into it. But it is an excellent story, and I've been replaying it uh, the past couple of days, and it's just great. It's just fantastic.
0: Now, if you, Park Chance, have a Wii, and don't feel like trying to look this up, and trying to patch so you can play it on your computer, they are actually remaking it for the WiiWare platform. Oh, awesome. Platform. So you can actually download it to your Wii. Um, it was announced a few months ago, and they—it apparently they're talking possibly as early as April or possibly down to May. So it's actually coming out pretty soon.
1: Well, I hope they make some money off this game because I, I want it to get its due because it is an awesome, awesome game, and it's got a—it's got an amazing twist. I'm not even going to go into it. It's got a storyline to it, man. because
0: yeah, I'm waiting for the Wii version to play it myself. Ah,
1: but well, you, you, you should mm. enjoy it. It's
0: great. Now, on the Wii, I was... While well, I technically have purchased Mad World, because that's going to be my violent video game of choice instead of Resident Evil 5, instead I decided to download and play Peggle.
1: Peggle?
0: Yeah, this was all uh, actually both Eric or Kevin's fault. As they both gave me Xbox Live points for my birthday. And I was like, I wonder what's releasing. And then I listened to a Rebel FM podcast and was like, oh man, Peggle's out on an Xbox Live Arcade. I'm like, crap. What Peggle is, it's the newest craze by PopCap games. And they're the same guys who gave us Bejeweled. Those bastards. And this game is a weird, bizarre combination, sort of. It's like it takes a little bit of bust a move and a little bit of pachinko. Why? Like the idea is you it's called peggles because there's all these pegs. Mm-hmm. And what you do is it's set up kind of like a chica machine. Only all the pegs are in random spots. They do random combinations of shapes and whatever, depending on the base, whatever stage you're on. And then from the top, you actually shoot down a ball, and the ball hits all these pegs, and as the pegs are hit, they disappear, kind of like in a breakout game. Oh. or Arkanoid And the idea is to get rid of all the orange or gold colored pegs or blocks. However, once you aim and shoot it, just like in Busta Move, only it's from the top down, so the bottom up, you know, it's then all the physics of the ball bouncing here here, and henceforth. Mm. And there's very special power-ups that you can use in order to, um, like, green ones, and depending on the level will change how things work, like... In the first level, it gives you super god, what actually shows you exactly before you're firing the arc of fire and how it's going to react to bounce off other shot, other pegs. Um, there's some that'll actually give you little flippers, mm. that you, like a pinball machine, and all sorts of different power ups that you get. And there's bonuses and points, and it's it may sound boring, but I promise you, you download this, you play this, it's one of the most fun, addictive puzzle game, puzzle, puzzle casual. Just fun games in a long time. Like I sat down and I was like, "I'll just play this for 15 minutes." Three hours later, <laughs> I was running late for work the other day. So, it's it's incredibly good. Mm. I know that a lot of people already play it. Like I said, it's it's been on PC. It's on iPhone. It's fucking iPhone. I think they just released also a version on DS.
1: Is it uh, Xbox Live?
0: It's Xbox Live Arcade. It is 800 points, so ten dollars. And it is really fun. It's got actually four-player um, multiplayer modes too, as well. So you can actually play with friends, leaderboards, whole shebang. It's a lot of fun. Wow. I, yeah. Does Kevin not have anything for the, his moment of awesome? Well, uh, I've pretty much just been playing
2: Star Ocean <laughs> since the last podcast. I Are was you on. still enjoying it? Yes, I am still enjoying it. Um, it's more Star Ocean. I, it, I'm up at around about 60 hours of total game time. Um, oh, right. whoa. I've heard you can beat the game in 35, but I think you'd have to skip all the cinema scenes and not spend any time leveling up or doing any side quests, which I've or been having doing a fun or having fun, yeah. It's um, it's fun. I've I've gotten all the characters that you can get at this point. Um there are way too many magic using females.
0: Well, Wait, hello, there's more magic using males? Well, there's sort of a... Couple. Or are you just wanting less magic users in general? It's
2: overly... It's over. There's an overbalance of magic users. There are really, what, like three... Well, there's like a total of nine characters, and three are close combat types. So the
0: other <laughs> six are magic?
2: Or Ranged of some... Well, there's one guy who fights range, but all spe- or fights close quarters, but all the special attacks are magic.
1: So, so, uh, did this just happen to be the way you, because I know in Star Ocean it seems to be like you do different things, you get different characters. Well, there
2: or? is an, there's an exact number of characters. You really can't change it. On, I hear on, there's a way on a second playthrough to keep a character who will normally leave on their own. Oh. But it really is just a trade-off of a, a similar character for another similar character. And the one you get is better. So, unless you're just really attached to the first one. Mm. And you might be, but...
1: It depends on the personality.
2: But it's fun, crawling across worlds, uh, you know. Well, I don't know, it's Star Ocean. It's an action RPG. It's... I don't know, it's still holding my attention. Um, The movies are cool. You uh, spend a lot of time in the movies when it actually gets to one. But uh,
0: it's a JRPG. That's almost expected at this point. Yep. It's true, And speaking of video games and downloadable games, we're gonna push on straight forward into the world of awesome. So, GamePro is not only a crappy magazine, but also a video game publisher. Oh, yeah. GamePro! This, like <laughs> this
1: will end in blood. Four point five is like the lowest.
0: Blend in blood and pain. <laughs> I remember back when I was a little kid. They had this. They had Super Ninja Kids comics, <laughs> and it was the only redeemable feature. And they're pretty crappy comics. They had another crappy comic too. I don't remember what it was called, but they've had a few. Yeah. Like, and I realized that uh, nowadays the Super Ninja Brothers was actually an ad <laughs> that they just kept in. They like some company was promoting their game, so they were doing this comic to promote their game. And that was, yeah, so the ad is the best part of GamePro. Like, back in the day, like, you know, you could ask yourself, when someone told you it was a good review, was it an actual review or a GamePro review? Because there's a difference. Oh, yeah. One's an actual review and one's GamePro. Like, when you try to rate a game in the order of crazy-looking heads... (laughs) One to five. I remember
2: the crazy little It kids. was the
0: fun scale. <laughs> no, it was the crap scale. And now they're going into video game publishing, sort of. What they're going through is the iPhone and the Microsoft's XNA initiative. XNA is their community games. In other words, they're publishing on things that don't actually require a publisher. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's. Brilliant, guys. Uh, they're, 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 they plan on what they're calling Game Pro Labs. They're going to fuel it by grassroots, independent game developers. Which probably is random schmoes they're picking off off the streets to code their games for them. And by off the streets, I probably mean some random kid just out of video game college and is looking for a, a job, and they go, Ha sucker. Yeah, I can
1: taste the cynicism.
0: Oh, well... As warranted as it may be. It it might be. I don't know. Also, Silent Hill might be coming out for the Wii.
1: Yeah, the Wii Make.
0: We're not sure. Wii Make. But the British Board of Film Classification did rate it. We rate it as awesomely scary. And it was uh, rated for, I believe, the Wii and PSP, actually. Which is what the rumors have been saying previously.
1: And you don't usually go get something rated unless... uh...
0: There's a reason for it. And this is the British Board of Film Classification, so they sound pretty authentic. Not as authentic. authentic
1: as the ESRB, KKGF. K, G, F,
0: ESRB is just like four guys in a basement, I swear. <laughs> now, this does, it rates it a 15 rating, which I have no clue what that means, but it does contain strong violence. It's
2: rated right T for you American wankers. It was
1: M originally.
0: Well, this is but, the British. They yeah. might find it less M than we do. Yeah. This actually does include scene names, but there's scenes like Bad Ending Part 2 and also Harry, Sybil, and Dahlia. No, but there's
1: a threesome I'd never be interested
0: in. <laughs> but that just means they're probably characters talking. We have no clue yes. what that actually really yeah. means. But it might mean hey, we might get Silent Hill. Yes. Maybe probably. I mean.
2: Yes, I'll remind you, Lee, in in Japan, Shinryami Tensei Nocturne was their equivalent of all ages, and in the U.S., it was an M. These things can vary a lot from country to country.
0: (laughs) And in Britain, a manga fanatic has helped the North Lincolnshire Library give me a crappy accent, so I'm going to stop it. Apparently some guy named Daniel Scott from Winterton, I'm assuming this is British because all these names sound really British. Nebraska, of
1: course it's bloody cool.
0: British, you bastard. No, I can't do it. Well, I think I got some uh, from, from a British website, it, too. It's British. I'm, I'm just yanking your chain. But he, did, he donated uh, 738,528 items. Items. You know, apparently the comic collection was from a single comic to over like 1,000. So... Well, that's awesome.
2: There you go. Now, a bunch of British children can, in turn, say, Why does that boy have boobs now that he got water poured on him?
0: Just like I once did. Well, actually, I'm sorry. He only donated, like, a 1,000 to them. That number was actually, I think, an overall number that was donated to the libraries in general. Oh, good. Which is still up from, like, just under 700,000 of the previous year. So, a good amount of it is also up to him. I mean, a 1,000 books is, like... Frickin' thousand books. Yeah.
1: It beats self-defense against fresh fruit.
0: It's true. Mm-hmm. And speaking of comic books, someone thought it'd be a great idea, a wonderful idea, if... What if Obama wrote comics? If he's not running the country? Wasn't it in The Wizard we just saw yes. in the comic shop? that had, like, Super Obama with, like, him pulling back his shirt in a giant O... As a superhero outfit.
2: Oh, well, I'd read the hell out of that. I mean, someone else did it. I don't think our president has time to be writing a comic book, what with the economy and world politics and all that other crap a president has to do. What do you think What do you think about the
1: situation in so-so, Mr. President? Oh, I don't give a crap. I'm too busy inking this latest page.
0: Well, it's like, you know, the, the quote is, with Obama comics jumping off the shelves, it'd be just wonderful. Just wonderful. If Mr. and Mrs. President would actually write some graphic stories themselves especially targeted kids and tweens. I they, hate tweens. They, they wrote the tweens. They, I that's hate tweens. Right the quote. Former First Lady Laura Bush, together with her daughter Jenna, wrote a children's book last year. The Obamas can run way ahead of that with comics. but With a with comics connection, I'm sorry.
1: The key is that the other two were the former, not the current, you know.
0: Well, I mean, it was while she was oh. Miss President, but again, she was Mrs president. She's the first
2: lady. whose the first lady. Duties who... are only whatever she wants to do.
0: Man,
1: yeah. I'd, I'd totally draw and write comics if I was a first lady.
2: Like,
0: I mean, it's not like, you know, George Bush was writing comics. Right. Yeah, and That'd I really scary. don't... scary. Monkey scrawls? I mean, anyways.
1: <laughs> Monkey Paul?
0: I don't know. It could have been cool in a weird, twisted sort of way. Wrote with his own poop. Anyways. <laughs> YouTube poop. Okay, so, we're moving on straight on to the New York Times uh, graphic novel books bestseller lists. Okay, how many are Naruto? Uh, Well, we're going to get to that. The reason why I bring this up is because New York Times normally just had, like, a graphic novels list. And now they've actually added a third one to it, which is just manga books. And, of course, what's the hardcover, you know, doing stuff? Starman... Number three is Watchmen and a bunch of other popular comic books like Batman. Wait, and, Watchmen,
1: I guess, since the movie is now going to number three.
0: Yeah, that's impressive. Well, well, what it is is that it, this is also the hardcover, mm-hmm. which is the nice super you know yeah. edition that's sort of like you know forty to seventy five dollars. Mm. You put that on your This, isn't, piece. this isn't the twenty dollar you know soft cover like most, that most things, people get. <sighs> well, it is the number one on the list. As well as a bunch of, you know, looks like Secret Invasions, and X-Men, and Captain America. Which is, you know, a nice spread of superheroes. So, what does the manga list get now that it's a brand new list just for manga? Naruto, 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 MPD Psycho. Naruto, 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 Eden. Well, crap. No Nagima? No Nagima. He says, laughing... No, no, it's all, it's an Arto volume 38, then volume 40, then volume 39, then volume 41, volume 37, 35, 36, and 34.
1: Are they reading any other manga? There's a crap ton of great manga out there. What the hell is wrong with you people?
0: Now, what's interesting is that both MPD Psycho and Eden are both released by Dark Horse. Hmm. But, you know, yeah, that's... Can't it's,
1: they, like, limit three or maybe just one from...
0: Well, these are the best-selling books, Oh, okay. Oh, Naruto. Oh,
1: the best-selling. Okay, I guess you right. can't do anything with that.
0: This And it's for the uh, week ending February 28th, so I think it is only for the week that I grab, grab this from. But, you know, still, that's lots of Naruto. That's what tends to sell as Naruto, because that's what the kids buy. It's the
2: only manga we have at Walmart in Graphic Novel form. Cry. Cry for me. Well, I'm
1: surprised they have any, but...
0: Now speaking of Watchmen, it apparently underwhelmed at the box office. You see, it only made 55.7 million dollars
1: on its first weekend.
0: On its first weekend,
1: but it broke a record for the first night.
0: It broke the it broke 300 record for, you know, opening night during March. And it was totally like number 1 movie. I mean. It's the uh, fifth best for an R-rated movie. It's, you know, the biggest opening in 2009. Like in comparison, you know, Tyler Perry's Medea goes to jail made a little right under nine nine million. This made fifty five million plus. But they were sad because it didn't make three hundred, which made seventy point nine million. Well, they'll
2: just have to be satisfied with their huge handfuls of money they got. They aren't as big as they'd like.
0: Like it is like oh man, it made a ton of money but not, like, two tons of money.
2: We wanted more
0: money.
1: We wanted to fill our pants with it.
0: Now, you may have noticed that we've mentioned Watchmen graphic novels, Watchmen movie, and there's a reason for that.
1: We like Watchmen, and there's no other... Wait, there's another reason.
0: And we know the movie's coming out, but did you know the movie's based on a graphic novel? I did not know this, Basil. Tell me more. Well, sure. As we talk about The Watchmen. But first, a word from our sponsors.
1: Wait, we have sponsors?
0: Or another podcast.
1: Oh, I got you.
2: This podcast is a part of the Dead Workers Party Network. Listen to other fine shows at deadworkers.com network.
0: The Watchmen is a 12-issue comic book, limited series created by Alan, writer Alan Moore, artist Dave Gibbons, and colorist... John Higgins. Anyways, just as exciting as it sounds. Oh well, it's way more exciting. It's actually it's a DC comic. Mm -hmm. DC put it out. It was it ran during um, between 1986 and 1987. It was actually one of the um, first real comic books to be collected in a graphic novel form. It's actually one of the ones where they actually used the term to actually start selling it as a graphic novel, which before then they were I guess they would casually do comic collections but it would be you kind of collections they, they use the term graphic novel to try and make it sound better than it was
1: and plus with the new issue format they can do new things like be more cinematic and take more time for something to develop because they know they're going to collect a certain amount of issues instead of going oh it has to have this much dialogue and this much this and that which was a good and bad thing but it was a new kind of turning point in comics the whole graphic novels were okay yeah this
2: is like required nerd reading so
0: yeah Watchmen yeah. is the first for many things and because it's, it takes the superhero drama, the superhero story, and turns it on its head. A lot of people use the term, it deconstructs the hero.
1: And Yeah, and now we have a lot of things that are gritty and deconstructed when it comes to superheroes... So, it's not a big deal today, but back in, what was it, 85, it was a huge deal. 86, 87. It was was a huge deal.
2: Yeah, this was the first one to take the, well, what if we make superheroes more like real people with actual problems?
0: And and stick them
1: in a realistic world. A
0: lot of times, you would still get, it was pretty, I mean, you occasionally see Shades of Grey, but usually it was pretty black and white. These were your heroes, these were your villains, occasionally they'd cross each other at points... Or sometimes you might get a hero that's sort of villainous, but not really. Especially with DC Comics,
2: yeah, I, mean, I mean, we got Superman, Batman, Green Lantern. Even one, if they're dark,
0: even if they're darkest, they're big damn heroes. <laughs> and Watchmen goes f that and paints the entire thing in you know shades of gray, from the, from really really light gray to really really dark gray.
1: And it's interesting because the whole the whole thing started when DC acquired some characters from. Uh, God, I don't remember. Charlton. Yeah, that—that was. That's it. And uh, and uh, they said, Hey, Alan Moore, we want you to write a new story for all these characters so we can
2: use them again. Characters like Blue Beetle and Mr. A and some other people
0: who I can't the remember. and things like that. Yeah, you and probably so,
2: only remember The Question and Blue
0: Beetle because they kind of stuck around. And then they, he started doing that and they went, oh, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Okay, maybe you should make original characters. Yeah,
1: because he's like, this would kind of screw all these characters that we spent good money on. We usually do original characters, and he did, and he changed things a bunch, and you can tell where he's taken some of the the traits from the other characters, but they added a whole lot, and the rest is epic. It's history.
0: It takes place in the 1940s, sort of 1960s. Well, it's Dep- it's yeah, oh, it's 1980. Yeah, there's,
2: there's flashbacks. But to there thing. are flashbacks for a large period of time back into the Forties, fifties, sixties, because it involves a
0: lot of characters of various ages who have been around for a long time. There are two main generations. It takes place in the nineteen eighties, very very Cold War sort of you know thing going on for it, mm-hmm. and it also has a very eighties feel to it. But it its history starts in the nineteen forties and nineteen sixties when superheroism actually emerged, where you actually had masked vigilantes. That almost sprung out almost out of nowhere to become a, their own force to be reckoned with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pretty soon, you're crawling in people in masks and punching
2: out other people in masks, and it's all good fun until the government outlaws it.
0: And their their first group is the Minutemen.
2: Yes, that's the first made. Oh uh, yeah, that's old school superheroes back in the well.
0: Oh, I don't want to get the dates wrong, but probably in the forties. And they're they're important to talk about because they're they're half the story, mm-hmm. and then the actual story that takes place that features all the more modern characters, the 1980 characters. I forget what their group is called. They never really form a group. They were try, They tried to start up a group called the
2: Crime Busters, but it didn't and work. it fell apart. No one wanted to stick together. No one wanted to work together. Uh, the comedian kind of sh- shot down the. Anybody who could have really stood up as a leader and it, it all fell apart.
1: And they gave the, the group a name in the movie, but we shall get to that later, perhaps.
2: We might. Yeah, I don't know. It was mostly we'll
0: about have... the graphic novel. Yeah, this is mostly about the graphic novel because it's, it's really... It,
1: the graphic it's, novel is the masterwork here. The movie is just... Uh, well, we'll get to that.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll probably talk well, a little bit end. about the movie at the end, probably. Uh, but the idea is that... The whole idea was they, rec- they created this, this whole superhero mythos from scratch. And the way they actually insert this is, A, they give you flashbacks here and there back to when it was the Minutemen. Mm -hmm. Because the Minutemen were people like this guy named Night Owl. He was sort of your... Batman-ish. Batman-ish. Yeah. Yeah,
1: He's got the tools, he's got the, you know, gadgets, and, you know...
2: Yeah, Batman. uh, Yeah, kind of Batman-like. A little bit of Blue Beetle in there, but that's more the second Night Owl.
1: Yeah, and then there's Hooded Justice, who is a guy... It and all in like, black
2: with a black hood and a red cape. It was, and
1: a, it looks like almost noose. a noose around him who just beats people, the shit out of people until they give up. And uh,
2: That's what most of them do. There's only really one character with real superpowers in the whole series. Yeah, so that's true.
0: And the idea is that in, in the 1940s, 1960s, whatever, out of nowhere, I think it was actually the first person they talked about doing Wes Hood of Justice. Mm-hmm. He starts, he dons a mask and starts beating up criminals. And this is sort of like a wake-up call to some, to some other people who decided to do the same thing in around the same general area. And eventually, they kept doing this. They eventually coincided to form their own group. And when they formed their own sort of Justice League, that's when things sort of started clashing because you had all these different extreme ideas, extreme opinions, extreme actions from these people who decided, I'll wear a mask and beat up criminals. It doesn't quite work together as a group and things sort of went downhill from there and things continue to go downhill from In, there
1: into the next generation yeah, into the next
0: superhero generation
1: because as the as the minutemen were disbanding new people were inspired by their tales and donned on the you know role of hero and i think we should list all the heroes and
0: well we will but the important thing is that the, the One character that connects both groups, who's the same person, in both the old generation and the new generation, is this guy named The Comedian. The
2: Comedian. And the most
0: important thing for you to know right now is that The Comedian is dead. The Comedian
2: is dead to begin with. This much you must know, or nothing will make any sense.
1: It's the catalyst for the entire
0: story. It's sort of the first page. Yeah, this isn't a spoiler at all. Like you, You find out The Comedian is dead, and this is actually what triggers all the events of Watchmen... The the actual story. Not only the story that goes on as the characters try to figure out who killed Comedian, but it constantly flashbacks to earlier, you know, the life of the Comedian and how it's affected today and then back and forth. everyone
2: in the story knew him. Everyone of any importance in the story knew the Comedian and had some kind of experience with him at some point in their lives.
1: Which was usually negative.
2: Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. But that's okay. That's Well, it's not okay, but that's just who he is. That's the
1: world of Watchmen.
2: Because he's constantly laughing at you, ironically. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a guy who tells jokes. He's kind of more like Nick Fury, but they call him the comedian.
1: (laughs) Well, he calls himself the comedian because he thinks life's a joke. Yeah,
2: he thinks he's the only one who gets it. And maybe he does.
0: (laughs) And so it starts off with the comedian dead. And everyone goes, well, it was a comedian... He pissed off enough people. Yeah, no shortage of people who wanted to off him. Except one man who was like, guys, this could be something bigger. Like, the comedian
2: is not an easy man to kill, even though he was freaking old. (laughs) And
0: this man is a man named Rorschach. 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 Rorschach is
1: awesome, even though he's a horrible person.
0: He is a horrible person, but
2: he's a horrible person for justice. It's true. I mean, he is, out of all the black, he has got the most black and white views out of all the cast members. And he may be a crazy sociopath, but he's aptly dedicated to defeating criminals, even if that means killing them, and uh, protecting the normal people. He's determined
1: beyond anything. He says no compromises, and he goes about doing whatever he wants. There was a Keen Act passed by the government that said, pretty much, if you are a superhero, you either work for the government or we'll arrest you if you don't, you know, either, you know, disband or reveal your identity to us. And he's the only one that said, screw F that. You. It's like, you, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. yeah, everyone
2: yeah. else either retired or uh, started working for the government. Only Rorschach was like, "Yeah, screw you guys, I'm just doing what I
0: always do. And so he's on run from the police too, so. It's kind of neat, he has, he wears this face mask that constantly shifts in various patterns of yeah. the test um, the like a, yeah a white mask with like a black ink blotch. that always form
2: some kind of symmetrical shape like a rorschach test you know the ink blot test where you look at things and you they your psychiatrist hopes you say pretty flowers not a dog with his head split open
0: <laughs> and it's kind of interesting that we mentioned that he's he only thinks in terms of black and white and that's what his mask is yeah it was um, nothing clever. but black and white but always shifting yeah
2: there's, like, some kind of metaphor in that, I think. Yes, there yeah, is. probably, I don't know. It's Alan Moore. There's more metaphors and symbology and stuff than any normal human can comprehend. Even like, him. Yes. He did stuff totally by accident, I'm pretty sure. But, well, yeah, there was some stuff, which
1: we can get to later. And there's another thing you have to realize about Alan Moore, is he is a writer, and he has, he's got some eloquent and some, he's got a, he's got a lot of words in this uh, graphic novel, you've got to realize that.
0: Look, anyone who's seen or read V for Vendetta knows this man's got a lot of words. Yeah. Oh, he did that too, just by the way.
2: Yeah. And League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, although, boy, the movie is a serious adaptation to Kay.
0: Yeah. That one, and that that those books are the hardest Alan Moore books to read. Because there's so many there's obscure references. It made Barry cry. It did make like, Barry cry. It almost made me cry. Like, it was, it's... The Watchmen is a genius. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is... It's League of Extraordinary. You better know literature.
2: Yeah, but he he's very wordy, but not he writes well, so it is entertaining.
1: Yes, and it becomes I don't know. It, uh, some people think the beginning is slow, and I agree that it is. But the dialogue and everything kept me going,
0: and you know, really, it's kind of funny they made a movie of this because this was actually a a document. A the graphic novel is a comic book design. To tell the story in ways that you could not get in literature or movie. Literature or movie, like because you because it's comics, you get to see you know actual movement and things happening from page to page. You actually get to see it happening, but because it's it's also narrative and it's text, it can also you can also use grandiose words and these long passages and all these people talking, but because it's got its own sense of movement, but it's movement you take it at, at your own speed. And so it's actually really as slow or as fast as you want it. But there's a lot of text to slug through. Great text, but a lot of text.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of parallel storylines running around. I mean, you know, I you know complained about my comic having too many plot lines. And then Suze was like, no, this book beats that out by way. They're not going to get any of that, though, because...
0: Well, I mean, think of this. You've got your main story. And then the end of each, you know, issue, as it were... They add in excerpts of a book of the first night owl.
1: They have supplementary material in each at the end of the chapter, which you can read or skip if, depending on how you feel like it. You'll get a bit more full experience if you read it. But
0: what I would, what I did was the first time I read it, I skipped it. I'm like, this is a bunch of text. I don't want to read this. I want to keep going with the story. I want to know what happens next. Yeah, but when you actually go back
2: and read it, it's a very interesting backstory and details about the uh, past characters. And what they were up to in their situations. That really adds a lot of flavor to the universe as a whole.
0: And really shows you the whole idea of deconstructing, reconstructing. What makes a superhero a superhero if they exist in the real world. Like a lot of that is really in those supplementary texts. And while this is going on, they also have a story known as Tales of the Black Freighter. Which is a pirate story that is... Actually, another character in the book is reading. Yes, and it's usually read on top of the actual story going on, usually paralleling whatever they're talking about in the sto- original story. Mm-hmm. So you've sort of got this narrative over narrative over narrative, and this general overall arcing narrative on top of everything else, and it's
2: also in just about every issue. Well, nearly every issue, they really do go back and tell a large amount of the backstory of each of the major
0: characters in the story as mm-hmm. well. Like, it's like there's a baklava or something. like It's crazy. Wow, that's, uh...
1: Speaking of the characters, do you think now's a good time to delve into them? Well, yeah,
0: sure. I mean, you got... Well, let's see. We've mentioned the, Comedian uh, on Rorschach. Rorschach. Of course, no. Rorschach's buddy, the new Night Owl. Yes. Night Owl
2: 2, who's a bit... Who looks more like Batman, but is very gadgety
0: and has elements of Blue Beetle as well. He's sort of the... more Actually, more like the Bruce Wayne-ish as to... Yeah. Like, Roy Shack's actual batmanness ness He's kind of the middle-of-the-road,
2: not quite the really campy Batman, not the dark Batman. He's kind of the more
0: normal guy. Mm-hmm. It really took them to sort of create the actual batman-ness. Batman as we know it today. But yeah, Night Owl's got
2: the funny owl suit. He's got little glasses that let him see in the dark. He's got a bunch of gadgets, a little flying owl ship.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he's your gadgety hero. And you know, with the comedian, he was a comedian. Like we said, he was actually one of the One of two superheroes, well, Vigilante is not really a superhero, um, that was accepted by the Keen Act. He actually worked for the government. There was one other superhero, the only real superhuman
2: being in the comic, which is Dr. Manhattan. Yes. Who was a nuclear physicist who got all of his molecules and atoms scattered and somehow reformed himself into a super being, a big blue super being. (laughs) who is, in fact, more or less omnipotent. He really is. I mean, he can pretty much cause anything he wants to happen. He can be wherever he wants to be. He can be in multiple places simultaneously. He's aware of where he is in the time stream. At all at all points he exists in time, he was aware of what's going on simultaneously, past and future. Yet he still acts surprised when things happen, because he totally acts surprised how he's remembering it. It's wacky.
0: For his character, I think... Um, Almore actually read up on physics, yeah, and thought, "How if I was outside the law of physics and you know, how would I think mm-hmm. if I saw time as relative and not as ongoing?" Yeah, he is really
2: the—he's a the man outside the laws of physics, looking in, and it it confuses him.
1: And 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 that's the great thing about Watchmen is unlike how you usually have these characters, he really takes for the first time, and you know, takes what they would actually be thinking and how that would affect you. And wh- looking at uh, Dr. Manhattan is a great way just to see how, how you know, the character is changed by his powers and his displacement among yes, he's, the Yes, he
2: of. increasingly mm-hmm. has a harder and harder time understanding humans anymore mm-hmm. and how they exist and, and even l- why
0: you should care if they're there. And a lot of people constantly go, man, you just don't even care, you just don't even care. As if he no longer has emotions. And what they don't notice is that he does have emotions. Because you see him smile and frown and whatnot in the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that he does have these emotions. He just doesn't care because they're insignificant. They're not these omnipotent beings like he is. They're, they're inside. He's looking in on them. They're not looking out at him. Yes. And, and of course, you know, going from, you know, the natural progression is from Dr. Manhattan is to Dr. Manhattan's girlfriend. The Silk Spectre.
1: Which she is also a second. Her mom was the original Silk Spectre. And was funnily enough doing the whole vigilante thing because it was helping her modeling career.
2: Yeah, it's true. And they pushed, uh, she kind of pushed it onto her daughter to go do this, which is strange. And uh, so,
1: you know, she wanted her daughter to be a superhero too, which is kind of odd. So pretty much
2: trained her daughter be the next
0: Silk Spectre.
2: Yes. And got her to dress up in the same, well, a similar skimpy outfit, which she
0: hates. <laughs> she really doesn't want to be the Silk Spectre. No. But Sue Mom wanted us to do it. <laughs> yes. But apparently she found this giant blue guy hot, so I guess it all worked out. Mm. I suppose it does. Giant blue. Now, what's interesting is that while all these other characters, like Rorschach and Night Owl, were buddies... And they were actually partners back when they were doing Fighting Crime. And, you know, Dr. Manhattan and Silk Spectre were sort of buddied up. Uh But they both knew, they all knew the comedian. Well, there's also this other guy. Good old Ozzy.
2: Ozymandias. Ozymandias.
0: The smartest man in the world.
2: Which Which may count as a superpower. He's awfully damn bright. And pretty damn fast, too. Yes, he's... You know that whole peak of human condition kind of superpower.
0: Well, the idea is that pretty much, if you're a superhero in this story, you, unless you're Doctor Manhattan, you kind of have to treat yourself like Batman. You gotta train for it. You gotta work for it. You gotta be awesome at it. And Ozymandias was the most awesomest of awesome as far as that's concerned. Yes, I mean it may be partially due to his awesome brain power as well, but seems and, to think faster than most people. And pretty much, they're now all on alert because the comedian is dead. And a comedian, while he was in both the original Minutemen and the newer generation, he was still damn tough. Yeah, and he knew what
2: he was doing. He sort of, had a pretty much had a small arsenal on hand at all times. Uh, he was he's a gun guy. He's not all this punching people out. He would shoot you,
0: <laughs> but he would punch you too if that was what took. Yes. <laughs> And somehow someone's good enough to take him out, which means he's like you know an upper-level government you know operative, or a masked vigilante themselves, or now a robot. And that's a, well, not a robot. It could have been a robot. It, it, there's it, no robots. Yeah, okay, it's not a robot, but it could have been. There's crazy mutations, but you know, yeah, <laughs> and aliens, but you know, no robots. And so Rorschach realizes that hey. Something's going on here. Someone killed the comedian Rorschach sees a plot
2: Most everyone else thinks he's overreacting, but Rorschach is sure there's some kind of plot and he basically goes around to everyone and tells them this and, and They don't exactly treat him favorably for it. No, they
0: all think he's crazy or, nuts annoying. or stupid or and they sort of brush him off, but as stuff goes along they start going, well, maybe Rorschach
2: isn't nuts well, he's nuts, but maybe he's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's sort of how the comic book goes. And to really keep going would sort of spoil things. We really don't want to spoil because this is the book you want to read. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could go see the movie, but it's it, this is the book you want to read.
2: Even if if you've, if you've had seen the movie, you may still want to read the book because there's enough stuff that didn't make it in the movie. It'll be a new experience for Man, you. If
0: I had first seen the movie, I'd want to read the book more. Yes. Yeah, because there's so much the movie leaves out that you can get from the book, and it's so good. I'm actually very surprised
2: how much the movie left in. But yes,
0: the book is it's where it started. Like, I remember back in high school when I first was in, my uh, friend Zeb, he was the comic books guy. Yes, Zeb. I, I was the video game nerd and up and growing weeaboo.
2: I was the anime nerd at the time. I was, sir, not appearing in this film. Yeah, you're not in this
0: flashback, Lee. And so, on occasion, I go, man, Zeb, I wish, I would kind of want to read comics. He was like, oh, really? (laughs) Let me start loaning you things. And he would loan me things like Preacher. Yeah. And Dark Knight Returns. Both are good, but they're, they're dark. And then, then he lent me the Watchmen. And that's the one that stuck with me. Because they, they do, there's, there's scenes and, you know, things happen in this book that, I, that even nowadays you don't tend to see. This goes, it's very forward thinking. You still, you know, plot elements happen in this book that you still don't see in other comic books. Yeah. They, they still aren't this good. They still didn't think this far ahead. Because, you know, characters do die. I mean, comedian dying is just, you know, one example and sometimes they actually didn't realize that certain characters would die until they realized as they are writing it to it, the character's going to die. There was no way out of it. <laughs> and, they, and they're not afraid, because probably because these are all original characters, to let this happen. Mm-hmm. So what will happen will happen, and in, in this book, things happen. Oh, yeah. As is, they need to. Oh, no, Adrian. Looks like the Reds are polluting the city lake. What do we do? We call the Watchmen.
1: Strong together, united forever, they're the best of friends. But when trouble's about, you'd best watch out for the Watchmen. And he loves to party down Rorschach's friends to the animals Yeah, when he's not clowning around nutty. Beat up some thugs Say no to drugs Be in bed by ten But if trouble's about, you'd best watch out For the Watchmen is a sensation You should really never miss The comedian's your biggest fan now If I could only get that kiss
0: O.C. and Couple of crime-solving superstars
1: John can give you cancer And i will turn into a car Strong together, united forever Come and meet your friends
0: Have no fear, time's up, time's here For the Watchmen Watch out So, the Watchmen So pretty good stuff guys so yep.
2: avoiding a spoiler section just because it's that awesome pretty much you should read it yourself yes. and be spoiled because the
1: spoilers the, the, the whole point of the spoilers are to wrap up the story you'll finish it I finished it I went, just sat back and went this is epic this is awesome so I think to spoil that, there's no way we could make it nearly as epic as it is. We no, could not
2: do it justice. There's so much we could say, but yes, you need to have it happen when you read it.
0: Now, if you want, write to us, and if you want, like, say, a spoiler version of The Watchmen, we'll record a brand new podcast that's just what spoilers.
1: And we can talk about the and movie, we'll, too.
0: we'll talk about the movie, we'll talk about everything you want. We'll probably grab in Eric, who's actually the real comic nerd of all of us. He was unable to appear for technical reasons that's right and, and the book is actually in many ways pretty faithful in many ways not faithful you mean the movie yeah I mean the movie if I didn't say the movie I meant the movie Yes, the movie is in many ways faithful
2: in many ways not faithful to the book I'm amazed how much they left it alone which is also a plus and a minus when you're doing a movie, because the movie is damn wordy, if you ask me. But no, nah, I liked it that way. But it, it was wordy, and it was more violent. Than well, the book. I did like the word. I have to say, I like the wordiness. I can see how that would put off a lot of people. I think came expecting to see a superhero movie, mm-hmm. and they weren't expecting.
0: Tapping to think what they were getting. <laughs> well, if they know anything with the Watchmen, they should know what to expect. They probably did. They probably don't. Well, think about it. Most people, what are they used to? Things like you know Iron Man, an Incredible Hulk. We think about all the newest movies mm-hmm. for, for um, the newest comic movies that we get. Mm-hmm. None of them, not even Dark Returns, is remotely as complex as no. this, mm-hmm. or I, even as many as wordy as this. I mean, when
2: me and Basil went on to see it with James. I saw a guy who had a kid there with him, and I'm thinking this guy
0: is either thinks a lot of his kid, or he's in the wrong damn movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and because this is not a not movie for kids for many reasons, mostly because. There's a lot of really obtuse, dark, nitty-gritty stuff, and they're not going to understand it yet. They also up the violence woo, a lot. Well, even the violence. I, I sell video games for a living, so yeah. kids see a lot of violent stuff. That doesn't bug me. A lot of it is just the themes, thematic ways, just the writing is very, very thick. Mm-hmm. Like I had trouble sometimes listening to Rorschach as he was talking. Oh well, man, was that was saying,
1: my favorite part of the movie.
0: Well, it was really good, but he was saying stuff so fast yeah. that, you know... I hadn't read the book in forever, so he was he was churning it out so quickly that I, sometimes I have trouble keeping up. I mean, they weren't providing me subtitles or anything, so i could I couldn't like constantly glance at words to keep up going with it.
2: Yeah, I can't wait for the DVD so I can turn on subtitles so I can pretend it's in Japanese. Yeah, I, I'm a weeaboo. Uh, I can't watch anything
0: without subtitles anymore. But yeah, i well. The, the, the movie is two hours and forty minutes long, and they're talking about having like a Three hour and forty minute move you know DVD. So
2: yeah, the mm. uh, book on DVD, which is sort of cool version of the Watchmen comic that's on a bridge, is about five and a half hours.
0: So they cut some material, but this is Watchmen is really really good stuff. DC still publishes it. Like I mentioned, it's in a giant omnibus edition that's a bazillion dollars, but they've got it also for twenty bucks in a soft cover. Great, nice, big, thick book tons of fun
2: to read pick any major bookstore they're likely to have a copy if they don't come back
0: in a week they probably will and it's a really neat thing because they've layered it so deep you can actually reread it several times
1: in fact that was alan moore's intention when he you know made it because you can keep going back and finding a whole ton of new stuff there
0: sometimes for things they didn't even realize for example they have the smiley face motif everywhere everywhere even on Mars, they weren't expecting it to be on Mars, but it's there. It's actually
2: because there actually is there's a crater an actual on. crater on Mars that looks like a smiley face. And some
1: people actually laughed at that when they saw the movie that they can't believe they put that, but it's a real thing.
2: And what's sad is I didn't even notice it. I did, but I did. that's only because I had just been through the
0: comic again recently. It's like okay. I didn't notice it in the comic either. I'm, yeah. I'm subdues.
2: It's cute. There's there's random gags, like two characters who are thought to be dead may in fact be alive in a scene in a restaurant. We're not sure.
0: (laughs) So guys, how many awesomes out of awesomes can we give The Watchmen? I give
1: it a doomsday clock that's also a smiley face full of awesome. Mm. It's a cold,
2: dark city full of commies and whores of awesome. And I'll look down at them and say, awesome!
0: Yes. Pretty much, I, I... there's nothing really I can I can compete with Doomsday Clock, and you know, awesome. Yeah, big blue Wang of awesome. So no, that's no, the movie. That, that's yeah. the movie. Yeah. The okay, the comic books a very small Lang of yeah, I mean, Awesome. Yeah, it's very much much more, more understated Wang of awesome. because yeah. it was supposed to be more like a sculptor. Yeah, which is sculpture awesome, of. But, yeah, because he's more dignified than giant blue dicks. Yeah, it's okay. kind of sad because that's the big thing that I hear from people when they see the Watchmen. They, they go, "Oh man, this is really good, deep, introspective stuff." They go, "Oh man, do you see that blue dick?"
2: I don't see what people's big deal is. It's a dick. it's because it's a it's, it's a, a penis. It's a penis in a movie. Guys freak out about penises in movies.
0: Well, I think well, they, they should somehow. grow up. And I think you know, well, Doctor Rushman is sad, and you know, and Doctor Rorschach Doctor Dr. 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 <laughs> Manhattan could be sad, and then you know. Just like in *How Do You know, Ippo, New Challenger, you know, where like grab, he goes, "Dude, don't worry about. It. Check out this massive blue dong I in the movie." I'm like, I'm just gonna, oh man, and it'd be great. Man,
1: I've been trying to get that out of my head. And I was back. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, that's the that's the feeling people get after just seeing it. Okay. And that's where they're freaking out because people are, you know, Grow very off. introverted. Yeah, I probably in some would ways. have forgotten. I probably would have. Forgotten the
2: Blue Wang, myself, except for people at work. Keep bringing it up if I want to talk about Watchmen.
0: Grow
1: up! It's human anatomy!
0: And this, But this book is more than that. The movie is really more than that. And you should really do yourself a favor. Grab a copy of this book, read it through, Maybe watch and let the it movie. be more. But the book is awesome. And with that, we our- are...
2: peter yeah isn't it nice to have a
1: dick yes uh, isn't it jolly to have a dog
2: <laughs> and to be fair it's got me nothing but trouble but oh isn't well. it great <laughs> to have
1: a prick